We are Squawking Dead, a podcast pulverizing episodes beyond the Walking Dead universe. Sometimes we give you news, sometimes we make you laugh, but most times we go deep. I'm your host, David Cameo, and I'm joined by Cosmo on Zero Nine, Rachel Burt, and Charity, aka Blazy Gardner. And Bridget is not only sick, but she's on a conference, so we wish her very well. She was sorely missed. I, I was like, oh. okay, guys, we gotta wait for Bridget. We can't start without Bridget. In my head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh oh, Bridge is getting me sick. She gave me a computer virus. Oh, Dave caught a computer virus. A computer virus. Bleed it's the only virus I can get. It's what you get for sticking your USB in random slots. Excuse me, sir. Are you aware you're leaking an alarming amount of coolant? He poured moonshine all over his circuit board. Poor me. Poor me. <laughs> Poor me for sticking what? my my dongle where it doesn't belong. It's a Whoa. real computer thing. It's a real Your computer thing. So dirty. Are you like me in the morning? Half dead. Phineas Coffee will give you that boost to get you up and keep going. That'll have meaning, right? Dave and his wife enjoy the Champion and Majora blends with beans from South America. And if you're a real freak like Cosmo Mom 09, Rachel B. No way! You'll enjoy the Double XL High Calf Blend with beans from Tanzania and India. Go to PhineasCoffee.com and use the promo code Squawking Dead to get 10% off your next purchase. Pardon me, young man. Excuse the shit out of my goddamn French. And now back to Squawking Dead. We're doing a video for Mo Collins for her birthday. And if you're interested in participating, please hit me up in my DMs on Instagram. Slide into those DMs. I will give you the lowdown on what we're doing. Mo appreciates them. And this one ought to be fun. Just let me yeah. know if you want to be a part of it. If you're listening to this, don't tell her about it. Please. It's a specific list of questions. So 15 to 20 seconds for each answer. If you go a little bit longer, that's fine. Yeah. Try to film in multiple videos, vertical. Or even less. Would be great, too. I prefer if you film them separately and then send them to me because it's easier for me to organize them. But if you film in one block and send it, that's fine. I can edit it too. So it's not. It's yeah. Not just don't go on a yarn like Dave. Yeah. Except in these videos, I'm actually very pretty. I'm pretty good. i become professional. I know some of you communicate with her, so please do not tell her about it. So remember to DM at B-L-A-Z-Y-G-A-R-D-E-N-E-R. <laughs> D- oh my gosh. I, I got stuck there. <laughs> you were thinking punky Bruce P-B-R-U-I-N-A-S-D. Kept Bridget on the mind. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> if you liked the performance of Adrian on Fear the Walking Dead, he was the almost antagonist turned kind of protagonist to June or the mirror reflection of June in that episode, the second episode of Fear the Walking Dead titled Blue Jay, who was looking for his daughter, Hannah. I followed him on social media and what he was posting was clips from his show on Amazon Freebie called Primo. And I wanted to highlight that because A, He's a cool dude, first of all. I've been DMing him lately. Second of all, it's a great show. It's a lot like when we were promoting Sprung with Garrett Dillahunt and Martha Plimpton and a whole bunch of other cool, by Greg Garcia. It was excellent show. It's a lot like that. It's very funny. Follows a Hispanic family centered around the boy of one of the, of the single mother with all his uncles. And it, it's got that comedic chop with that sweet finish that Sprung had, like that sweet ending usually where everything kind of comes together and it's, and the uncles are awful. <laughs> They're just awful. And he's probably the most, the guy who plays Adrian, who is uh, Jonathan Jordan Medina. He's probably the most awful uncle, which is why I like him the best. <laughs> Cause <laughs> I am that awful uncle. <laughs> so I heard an advertisement for it today. It sounds really good. Tell us what you think about it. 
if you do watch it. We're here to talk about the fourth episode of Fear the Walking Dead's eighth and final season titled King County. Bringing it back to where The Walking Dead started. Sort of. I know I liked the episode. and There were things about it I didn't much care for, but it was just... Morgan being Morgan. But all in yeah. all, I did really enjoy the episode. Do I feel like it pushed the story forward? I don't know, but I think it It's kind of a wait helped. and see on that one, too. Yeah. I don't know if it pushed the story forward, but it kind of feels like it's getting Morgan out of a slump. So hopefully that's <laughs> the longest thing. slump in human history. Seriously. 13 For years, real? I think. Yeah. about Yeah. Well, 12, right? Maybe longer. You know, I, I don't know. Roughly. He wasn't in that slump when he was later on in The Walking Dead, right? He got out of that slump oh, when he spent, right? So No, it was fake. It did sort of, but not really. Like he we like saw the veneer it. fall away. Yeah. Eastman like putting back together with a couple two by fours, some scotch tape, and it held. It held for kind of a while, but with each version of Morgan, this this slump still remained to varying degrees of slumpiness. <laughs> right. I mean, when he gets on the Fear of the Walking Dead, he's he's at a pretty low point. I mean, he he's recovered from the Walking Dead season eight, as we all had. But I had said it at the time when we covered it, and it was that there was no better place for Morgan to go than to Texas at that point, because I think he belonged there. Obviously, if you're a hardcore Fear of the Walking Dead fan from seasons one through three, which I was. You could argue against that, but if you were watching The Walking Dead and you knew the character and then you saw the friendship that John and he were building throughout that season and him and his relationship to everybody else, he was much better off on Fear of the Walking Dead than he ever was on The Walking Dead. In my opinion, there was something about watching him heal, actually heal, that was really cool and really touched me. Getting to this point, on this show, which I think at my first watch, not getting to first impression, but on my first, first watch, it was a little odd to see him come back to King County on this show because of what the other show did to him. <laughs> so there's a bit of a weird reunion here. It's kind of like your high school reunion where you're like, oh, I remember this place, but I'm different. I'm so removed high from... Reunion, so I don't know. Have you ever had any reunion with... No. Like your friends no. from, from high school or anything like that? The people I was friends with in high school, I'm still friends with. See, I, I wasn't. I've gone yeah. back to my old high school and, and walked around and had that feeling. Everything looks so small and so distant. And that's because I am no longer 14. And so this place is a totally different thing for me. I know where you're getting at. Right. And you do sort of see that in this episode, too. Silas goes to the same school I went to in junior high. So when I visit Whoa. the school is, I mean, they remodeled it. So it's not exactly the same. So there's right. that. <laughs> right. Let's go back to your impressions of this episode. In general, all around, I enjoyed it. It made me feel things, which has been a while since that's happened. I don't think I've felt anything wow. since The Walking Dead ended. So... Huh. I'm glad to get back to some feelings. No, I mean, that's pretty huge. <laughs> I haven't felt anything since walking in. <laughs> well, that's, that's a tough call, too, because that was a tough moment. That was, oh, I remember. Well, I mean, it's hard to, like, live Doug up from to those feelings, too, down. right? Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> that was such, such an emotional state, that time period, that pretty much everything after that, I'm like, hmm. I feel like Daryl. <laughs> Hi. Yeah. This is my brother Daryl. This is my other brother Daryl. <laughs> well, you couldn't even hear me say the eleventh and final season at the beginning of every episode. Progressively, no, right? it was worse. Yeah. So that's 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 the level you yeah. sort of were touching on with this. I'm yeah. not going to claim that you felt that way, but I felt something. It's like when it's Charity touched the charger cable. It, yes. Like, yeah. 
And then exactly. we're like, Ooh, what was that? Yeah, I remember this. I, rem- I remember this. I remember what this feels like. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty big. Okay. Sharon, <laughs> you said before we got on here that uh, you, that you would surprise us. Well, considering this was a more uh, Morgan centered episode, June wasn't in it. I really liked it. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you why. She said really liked it. I, I really, mean, I, I know it. I'm exaggerating it. So like okay. the first time Ooh. I watched it, I was like, eh, what? Huh? But I was only half-ass watching it too. The first time. Me too. So I went back and watched it again the second time and I really, really liked it. And I'm going to tell you why it's not because of fucking Morgan. Not because blah, blah, blah. It's because of the fan service. People say fan service like it's a bad fucking word. Mm-hmm. Fan service <laughs> is why we're here. Fan service is why you got a fucking show. If you don't have fans, you don't have a show. So I appreciate that they went back to the shit I loved, which was callbacks and Easter eggs and shit that tied back to the past and in a way that serviced the story. Like, it's not just random shit they're throwing in there. Right. Like, like everything. Right. There was a reason why they were tying it back. So I, and they, they mentioned a whole lot of shit that I was I was like, oh, shit, they're talking about that. So I, I enjoyed that part of it. That made me really, 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 really enjoy the episode. I still don't really fucking care about Morgan because he was. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it, motherfucker. That's why you're here. Do it. I can't do it. God, do it. Uh, that drove me crazy. Do it, Morgan. Do it. Like I, do I it. still wasn't super happy with Morgan and blah blah. Ren, she's a little boss. She stepped up this episode, and I kind of enjoyed seeing Sherry and Dwight be like, "Fuck you, Morgan." Too. Yes. 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 Fuck you, Morgan. Yeah. That was appropriate. We Fuck needed you, Morgan. That. They needed you that. You sold us out to save your whoa, whoa, kid. Hold on now. Hold on. Hold on now, Sharon. Hold on. Hold on a minute. <laughs> You'd be a little surprised by my imp- my first impression. Similar to you, when I first watched it, I I was sort of there. I I was watching it, and I felt weird after the first watch. Like I couldn't connect to the material, and I don't know what it was at first. And I can try to describe it. It's a lot like knowing that this is the end and here we are. And it was like we were back on The Walking Dead, but really kind of like the way I described it in the beginning. It's like you're back in high school attending your 10 or 25 year reunion, which I did recently. And you, in a way, outgrew it. You can't recreate that experience. And you, you don't want to in the, for the most part. Even in the show, how do you recreate something that was fine the way it was? How do you go back to that state? How do you go back to the home that you grew up in knowing that you are the one that's different? It's never going to be the way it was. Maybe that goes to a little bit of how I felt about it on first watch. I felt numb. Did you feel that way, Rachel, during some of the episodes of The Walking Dead near the end? Like you watched it and part of you, knowing that it was the end, felt a little bit numb towards it. Like you couldn't connect with the characters as much as you knew you would normally on any given episode. I think I can agree with that. I think it was more out of a protecting myself type of like, I didn't want to believe it was the end. And so I walled yourself off. I like consciously turned those emotions off and like, I wouldn't allow myself to feel certain things because I didn't want to accept that it was the end. Yeah. Almost like fuck you show. I remembered that from when we were covering it. Yeah. In an attempt to kind of express what I'm feeling, I knew on second watch, fuck you show, got me to feel something because I'm, I'm pausing because yeah. I'm pausing and I'm actually absorbing what's being shown in front of me. I'm, it's like a, a clockwork orange, you're prying your eyes oh. open, dropping, oh, <laughs> dropping like terrible. eye drops to keep your eyeballs. Terrible but you get analogy. the idea. You're, you're forced to kind of confront this really, really emotional episode. And finally, like uh, in the beginning, and there were some key parts that really finally got me choked up a little bit. And I was able to kind of grasp what was happening because I think it was too much for me. I know how important this is to Morgan. I know how 
emotional this part is supposed to be and why it gets why it should get me but it wasn't getting me it was too much for me to absorb at the time because i'm walling myself off last season we're back in king county georgia i really understand what you're saying i don't feel that way necessarily because i feel like the show 90 percent lost me in season 7b that was part of it too i'm literally here for june that is it for the most <laughs> part my life because all the characters i love are gone john's gone sarah's gone al's gone You've got, got Morgan Mad- though. Got Madison okay. Morgan. June is like the reason I'm I'm still watching. So I have felt very disconnected from the season just simply because I don't fucking care about any of these people except June. It's literally. hard to care. I can say that I'm here for Daniel too, as one of the original characters. It's not that mm. I'm sad the show is ending because it ended for me and pretty much in season seven. In season three? Just kidding. <laughs> I understand what you're feeling, the, the kind of disconnect from it. Like I just That's can't, part of it, sure. I just yeah. can't get into it. Even Blue Jay, which was like, fuck yeah, I love this episode. Even that wasn't enough to really get me. Because in the next episode, we go back to the same fucking Morgan and Madison bullshit. Like, yeah. That, that is one thing I want to say, is that it seems to me that the episodes have this weird checkerboard formation, even to the point of the title sequences. The first episode had the toned down <sighs> title sequence with the music, right? The second one had the twang. Too. Okay, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But the second one had the dun dun dun, which Blue Jay. Uh-huh. Third one had that toned down mm-hmm. title sequence music. But the fourth one went back to dun dun dun. And you notice what the difference is. The second and the fourth one were character focused episodes, more or less, where we're confronting the, the demons of our past and trying to move past whether we were successful or not. And the first and the third one were more ensemble ish episodes. And when it was the first and the third ones, it was more moody. The dialogue was a bit rushed and we're trying to cram as much information as possible. Some of the actions and dialogue is a little bit incomprehensible. But in the second and the fourth ones, well, we have time to focus on a character without it being one of those necessarily anthology style episodes where people are walled off. Dwight and Sherry being in almost every episode, I think, except for the first one. They weren't in the first, but they've been. But in they were in the stuff. second, third and fourth, which is interesting to see them have that through line that kind of Morgan had in season six. Where he was like in almost every episode, but he wasn't a big part of it necessarily. Uh, more they or less. weren't in the third. Were Dwight one. and Sherry in the third one? They weren't in the third one. Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh-uh. Were they not in the third no. one? Mm mm. Finch was for a couple of minutes. Oh, Finch was. They yeah. weren't. Mm-hmm. Why did it feel like they were? <laughs> but Probably that does say something Finch. about where we're mm-hmm. at. Maybe because I was thinking of parents and children and those two mm-hmm. concepts colliding. Mm-hmm. So I kind of included them in the blog too. Like I didn't say that they were in it, in it, but it was kind of interesting to have that information in the back of our minds from the second episode. Anyway, let's go to the title card and we'll make our way around because interesting title card was the illustration of Jenny Jones in the front. I guess they were yes. trying to get as much out of the actor who did reprise her role as Jenny Jones in the show. I was wondering if that was her. That was she awesome. reprised her yeah. role. I also want to say that if you really think about it, the silhouette, it very much looks like Grace as well. And since right. we find out in this episode that Grace A is dying from radiation sickness and has been bitten, does she serve the same purpose in Morgan's life too? You know, love interest, not his wife or right. whatever, but recreating the circumstances. When I first saw it, I was like, is that Grace? But no, is it or is it Jenny? So for me, it was it kind of encompasses both. The actress's name is Keisha Tillis. What was cool is then is that if you pause at the right spot, right when the title card is coming up, you can see her facial features. Yeah, it's oh, you can see her wild. face clear as day. Yeah. Wild. I thought it was such a creative twist. It's Walker, Jenny. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. It's what we know. It's uh, it's what yeah. Morgan can see. It's the only way we know he, her. Mostly, yeah. Aside from like the stock the photo pictures, maybe? Like photo a photo, shoes, yeah, yeah. Like a photo, Where she's going like this. <laughs> you know, in, the, in one of the photos. And she it was a smoke show when she was alive, <laughs> but uh, dead. Mm. I don't know. 
She's all right. She, she's when she's when she's on the show as a walker, <laughs> she looks like a fish that's trying to get air. Yeah. <laughs> Which I yeah. think is funny. It's, I think it's fun. It's it's a fun thing to make fun of later on. Season one walkers. They were a they were whole different. breed of their own. Yeah. They were different. Well, they were a different breed. This will bring us to an interesting thing I thought up, which was when Morgan describes or tries to recall how Dwayne got bit. Maybe the door was ajar, but if you remember that for first episode, I think it was the first episode. Yes, she it was. was turning the doorknob. Exactly. So do you mm-hmm. think that this was a variant before we knew about variants that Jenny Jones I mean, they can retcon it to be I'm that way, even... but I'm pretty sure that's not what they intended in the, in the first episode no. of the first season. Oh, I 100% agree. I can go back and point out 20 instances throughout both shows during the seasons where you could retcon and say that's a <laughs> fucking variant walker. Now that they made it kind of like a thing, maybe they're exploiting that because I think Morgan and Dwayne were trying to teach Rick all about the sounds and the how to not get killed with the walkers, not even taking chance on the living too at the time. They really kind of spared Rick on a lark. They were like, well... Maybe we'll spare one. It sounds like they were banging people with shovels in the head for a while after the after the fall, and they took a chance on Rick, and it paid off. They got the rifle and up. But my point is really, it seems like they really, really were trying to be as careful as possible. And if they didn't think that walkers could turn doorknobs, then it may have been one of those things where, like, okay, they didn't think that they had to lock the door or anything like that, and it opened the door and got on top of Dwayne. That's where I'm thinking. He didn't think that they could open the door, so why? Who bothered locking it or whatever? Yeah, I would still be locking my door. Oh, yeah, I'm from New York. Whatever. Even if a walker can't walk in, a motherfucking person can, so... Person could, yeah. (laughs) And they're way more dangerous than the fucking walkers. Yeah. I mean, we still don't know the details of what happened with Dwayne, but he was still very, very young, too. He was a kid, so... Morgan. Dwayne could have opened the door and let her in. He could have just opened the door on him. him, Right, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. I want to see my mom. Let me open the door. You know, I want to see my mom's out there. Let me see my mom. Being a kid and seeing her like that he might have just opened you the door and hope. let her in not thinking i have a question because i was confused about something the second house i know is the house that they were at with rick where they showed rick how to kill the walker rick came out in the with the face mask on and had the baseball bat and they killed the walker and that was leaning against the post in front of the house i recognize the house what was the other house i got confused like, his what? house that was morgan's house yeah with the photo albums and all that i think so but, but or maybe had, they took that with he them. had the photo they albums in, no, in season that one was, yeah so what was the, the first house that they that were That was at? in the neighbor's house. We never saw Morgan's house. When we meet Morgan in season one, he's already staying at the neighbor's house. Right. He and Dwayne are already right. at their neighbor's right. house. We never right. see his house. So that might be Morgan's house. Let's go backwards because the house that Mo is trapped in. Is the neighbor's house. Is the neighbor's is house. the neighbor's house. Yeah. Because and it's the one that's burning down, but it happens to yes. be the one that has Dwayne in it. That's where yes. Dwayne was left. So it looks to me... Because they find Jenny in their house, in his house, right? Is that is that what we're going with? I think so. I think so, right? She was yes. in the other house. Yeah. So I he guess, must have taken him maybe back. Maybe that was the house where she bit Dwayne. Yeah. Unless he's recalling the details differently. Were they moving around and that's the house that they were in when he got bit? I, I just don't understand what the significance of was, was of that house. I, I never understood that, that part of it. The other one I got, but I never understood the significance of the first house that they were in. So Jenny could have bit Dwayne in the neighbor's house. And then when Morgan shot her, he took her to their house to rest. That's exactly what I was thinking, because yeah. he doesn't remember what happens after the bite, which mm-hmm. had to have been undoubtedly in the house where Rick and he was. Apparently something terrible because he chained his son 
in the attic. Holy shit. I'm guessing this is the case. You tell me what you think. But in his addled state, he chains Dwayne up, probably has a frantic conversation with him, and he writes the messages, not for still alive Dwayne, but in his head, the walker Dwayne. Dwayne, stay here. That's what the paint says on the walls in white. Dwayne, stay in here. You stay there. Even though he was crazy, eventually in his deep, 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 crazy brain, he knew that he was going to have to put Dwayne down at some point. But if Dwayne was out just wandering the fucking earth, he'd never find him to put him down. But why he chose that house, I don't know, unless it's because that was the house. I, mean, I don't know. That's what confused me is why go there? That's the house they were living in. When they met Ray. Right. But why put Jenny in one house and then Dwayne in the other? Well, but so that's was, his way of burying Jenny. But that was his deep, deep, crazy. Right. Yeah. He, in his mind, he was like, okay, I'm going to chain you up here and lay your mother to rest while he's still alive. Oh, I'm going to go. He's like crazy Morgan. And I'm going to go. I'm going to lay your mother to rest. I'm going to put her in the house we grew up in. And then he comes back and then all of a sudden he has crazy brain and he's like, okay, Dwayne, you stay here. Walker Dwayne. Bye-bye. He knew that he had left someone he loved in that house, but I don't think his brain was connecting the dots as to who so he thought Dwayne was in that house but really it was jenny right and i was even looking at jenny and it seemed as though the area didn't have all the blood and teeth and of course over time that stuff dries up and flakes off and turns into dust but i didn't see her face all blown out the way he described it the blood in the beginning he said the blood which i liked the line the blood the teeth you know the, what he was saying to grace and and Mo at the time. But that's when he was talking about her attacking Dwayne. Yeah. She ate the side of Dwayne's face, face oh. off, apparently. I thought he was referring to having shot her in the head. Because you <sighs> saw Dwayne and half yeah. of his face was gone. Okay. Yeah. Look, maybe it was me like being very impressed with the line <laughs> and just my mind was elsewhere. Because it was really haunting the way he was delivering that particular yeah. lines mm -hmm. and you're right wow Dwayne is can you imagine how scared Dwayne must have been at the time and I I don't know I wouldn't want to live past that moment anyway but having half your face ripped off and everything he was probably already I would, I would think he was already dead and turned by the time Morgan chained him up because you can't survive I would your face eaten half off like that I didn't really think about his that his eye was all gone and shit like, the whole side of his face was fucked up poor Dwayne I think they also probably did that because I don't know who the actor is that played Dwayne all those yeah, years ago remember. but obviously he looks good now though and obviously he's not that age anymore so they had to recast yeah. someone and disguise his face because right. oh yeah <laughs> what did you think of the Dwayne Walker. From a special effects point of view, I always like it when they linger a little longer on the grossness. When I go back and rewatch it, I'm definitely going to pause and stare at it for a little while. In pause admiration. in the beginning where he kind of goes <laughs> like that, like the mouth yeah. opening up the way it did. Oh boy. But there were some parts where I was like, okay, was this is a valley. There's a little valley that it passes by a little bit because his, his face, his face is gone and the skull yeah. looks big, yeah. but I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's still cool in like a weird comic booky way, because I think there was something to the way he was chained up in the attic that I've seen a panel. I think he chains Dwayne up in the alley after he puts Jenny down in the comic book. I think that tracks with the comic book, if I'm not mistaken. Is that some other version of the comic? Cause that was never, was that never shown? Nope. I thought there was a flashback to that. Not that I recall. Maybe. Maybe you dreamed it. Before Morgan shot Dwayne and they were showing the flashbacks of Dwayne. And the last one they showed was him going, Daddy, Daddy, just as Morgan shot him. <sighs> and I thought that was fucking perfect. <sighs> I loved how they did that. She's just trying to get me to cry. <laughs> I know that's not what you're trying to do. For an episode that's almost all Morgan, for me to be into it, I'm, I'm going to talk about some shit that I liked because it's <laughs> rare. <laughs> it was heart tugging the way they did that. Yeah. It was very yeah. good. At one point, Grace tells him after 
trying so hard to recreate the circumstances in order to, and Grace tells him this in plain English, you're trying to tread over circumstances that already happened in order to move on, but you're recreating that same circumstance with Mo by putting her in danger. And I 100% agreed with her. However, at one point, <clears throat> no, and I was frustrated with this too, mm -hmm. but at one point he finds out that Mo is in danger. He says, fuck it. Let's get Mo and get out. He says this to Grace. He says, fuck it. Let's, he doesn't say fuck it. <laughs> he says, fuck <laughs> it. <laughs> let's get our girl and get, let's get her out of here. And then we can go somewhere and be a family together. And that was it. He gave up on it. He said, I'm officially giving up on this. Forget about the fact that she so happens to be in the attic with Dwayne. And it ended up being that both situations come to a head. He gets to make up for it. And he's forced to confront this with his daughter, essentially. When I say this, and you brought up the daddy-daddy thing, and he shoots him, I had this moment of in my second watch where I thought, that was a, first of all, that was super fucking hard. It, it was hard enough to try to kill Jenny when he looked through the scope. And at one point, I thought he would never be able to do it. And he finally does on the way to the house. He says, you're not her. And he shoots the walkers and goes in. But then with Dwayne, he's got to do this all over again in the span of not even like barely seconds with Dwayne. And I thought when he was looking at the flashbacks on second watch, I thought for a hot second that the way he had seen it through in the past with Jenny was I can't kill my wife. But when he sees the flashbacks of Dwayne, I felt like there was something even maybe slightly supernatural about it. Like, daddy, daddy, please mercy. And he didn't hesitate. I mean, he hesitated at first because he didn't, he couldn't bring himself to do it for a hot second. That frustrated me too. I was like, come on, dude, this is your daughter. But then when he heard the daddy, daddy in his head, it's like, no, this, this is my, I have to do this for my son. It's a mercy for, then he just did it. The quality of mercy in that moment that he got it finally. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to do that, that there was nothing holding him back anymore. Mom. Yeah. Well, that goes without saying, because that's what yeah. he came there for. Right. But when he saw those flashbacks in his head, I think something helped him. His son helped him. Had Mo not been in trouble, would he have been able to do it? That's tough for me to say. I think it might have turned out the same anyway, but I think it had to happen that way. Yeah, I want to say yes, he would have, because that was the whole point of going there. And if he had left that situation, not putting Dwayne down, he would have regretted that even more. When it came down to it, even in a high stress, you have to do it right now situation, he still, still he hesitated did. Yeah. and almost yeah. didn't do it. That was my ugh moments for this episode. Oh, it was so moments. frustrating, but it added to like the fact it that was it was a little bit satisfying when it was all said and done. But... I think had things worked out smoothly in this episode, I honestly think Mo and Grace would have helped him put Dwayne down. They would have held him down and would have made it easy on him to do it. I think that's how it could have happened. Yeah. Or maybe how it should have happened. That maybe sometimes you need help to bury the ghosts of your past. Because June at yeah. the time was trying to do it alone. I mean, she had no choice. She was alone back in Blue Jay. Again, just like with Rose. Talking about June, so now Morgan wants her to help Grace, uh-huh. Goes around, comes around, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> we'll let her in the dam. Last That's time right. Grace needed help, now he's, motherfucker, now he's taking I'm Grace not, right no, to her. Talk to the hand. <laughs> Read between lines, motherfucker. <laughs> or the line. <laughs> of course she would help. It's June. What irritated me about this episode was Morgan being fucking Morgan. He's like, oh, I put you guys in danger. Like, shut the fuck up, Morgan. You didn't bring them here. Grace and fucking Mo followed you here. Shut the fuck up. That pissed me off so 
I put him in danger. I was like screaming then, at my computer. And then when he actually does put him in danger, he doesn't do anything danger. about it. <laughs> yeah. But that follows his character from the very beginning. Ugh, I, it does. As frustrating as it is. It's a very Morgan move. Had it not been that, we would have complained that it's just not him. A quality that I hate about Morgan. Which may no longer exist. His inability to kill Jenny mm -hmm. and or Dwayne mirrors little Moe's inability to kill walkers in 801. Wow. That is a really good, really good parallel. I didn't like think father, of that. like daughter. <laughs> Isaac could put walkers down just fine. Props to the writers for could acknowledging Rachel and Isaac as her parents and also acknowledging that they died to save her. Yeah, mm -hmm. I thought so, we would talk about thank that. Thank you very much for acknowledging that. Definitely. I would not be mad if they <laughs> you continually ham. talked about Isaac and Rachel. They're literally not going to do that ever again now because That's we're your not parents. necessarily true. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd rather them not. Remember what I said about the cocktail party? Now that Mo knows, she might yeah. even have more questions about her birth parents. Oh, I don't know how many how many questions she could possibly answer. I wouldn't answer. want to tell her about her fucking mom, I tell you that. Yeah, she tied herself to a dog and stabbed herself in the stomach so she could get you safe. That is so Maybe awful. when you're a little older. <laughs> she died horrifying. saving you, that's all you need to know. This is a good segue, actually, because right after, I think it's right after that speech, which is a good speech. I really, really enjoyed hearing that. Basically not weaponizing Rachel and Isaac and saying, you know what, yes, I shouldn't have said it like that. They are your parents, but so are we. And we promised to keep you safe and we want to as your parents. But the kissing where Grace and Morgan kiss. <laughs> that was hilarious. Oh. That I was mean, funny. Yes. I, I was like 100% was 100% with Ren rolling my eyes like what? <laughs> no, I, I, I liked it. But there's like a little bit of a disturbing factor to it. Did you feel that? Can we just go back to killing Carrion? I'm like, that kind of made me feel like, and I get it. Like maybe it's like a kid being She kid. has never, literally never seen anyone kiss. Never seen a TV show. Never seen a movie. Right, right. Never seen a sure. play. The people there, other than the teenagers that are possibly hooking up in the dark, she's probably <laughs> never seen anybody kiss. So all of a sudden, these two people are just mashing face. And she's like, what the fuck is going on? That's disgusting. It's not the line that I never want to see that again. Was that gross. was that was funny. But it's what she says after she says, can we kill Carrion now? That bothered me just a, just a little bit like oh, mushy stuff. I'm only happy when I kill Carrion. <laughs> no, because what else does she fucking know? If she was a I, no, teenager I know, I know. today, That's she'd be what like, disturbs oh, me. <laughs> can't we just go watch TV or something like that? But like, what else? What is she going to say then? Oh. Can Can't I we just go back brain? to Padre? I mean, like, what the fuck else is she going to say? That's all she knows. That's all she's ever been taught is to kill Carrion. So that's her go-to. It's on brand. I And I, I like seeing these different facets of her. But you know what it is? We've, we're too ingrained in the universe. Or I am. And I'm like watching the kids closely so that they're not psychopaths. That's what I was feeling in that moment. I'm like, oh, is this something I got to watch out for? <laughs> is this like in, in another episode? Something's going to happen and she's going to, what? What did I do? She kills like one of our characters. <laughs> To be fair, all teenagers June, are maybe? psychopaths. Yeah, what? <laughs> yeah, maybe. No, all, all kids are, are sociopaths. <laughs> There's a difference. They have a conscience. You just have to get to it. <laughs> like sociopaths, they don't know how to be with people, but they do have some sort of conscience. And they have a, some sort, I mean, some sort of. They just don't know how to act. What I thought was even funnier yeah, was when, when Morgan picked up rick's rifle and grace was like uh he's like i'm all right i'm all right i'm like even grace is like are you sure you want to fucking have that gun in your hand dude 
Yeah, it wasn't all that common. <laughs> there was a weight to it, though. Uh... <laughs> what are you going to do with that? Oh, I'm just going to kill Jenny. The trailer having that in it did deflate that moment just a little bit. I mean, as much as we were going crazy for that moment in the trailer, I felt like when it happened on screen, it, it just, I don't know. There's something off about it. Spoiling all the good moments. I like the callbacks to the wrestling moves. The chimney sweep, 705 with the wrestling moves. That's what I was wondering. Okay. I'm going to tell you what, kid. You sure are damn good with that. Or either strike is a puss because he knocked her right the fuck out with one sweep. Did you hear the ringside bell as that happened? <laughs> it's like ding, ding, ding. She's, she's out. TKO. Finch is the winner. <laughs> and apparently uh, doesn't know how to brace herself for a fall. You know what's really funny? Yeah. Well, she hit her head against the table. She she swept him from the left and she hit her head on the table and she fell on the floor. Now, do you remember? Because she got knocked the fuck out in the last episode too. So I don't know what's going She's got to have brain damage. And then I thought to myself, oh, oh, the haircut, the haircut, the haircut protected the haircut her. Is, is cushioning it. That's why. See, now we have more hair uses. In the the it used to be like short hair. I just want to mm-hmm. talk about Finch for a minute. So apparently this kid is really good at hiding in boats and slipping out of them because he's done it twice. That's how he escaped when June shot Dwight and Sherry. He slipped out of the boat and he did it again here. Continuity. Also, very Charlie-like. Very Charlie-esque. This kid looks super, Stop. super healthy for having just been bit and or irradiated. Did they have to cut the makeup budget or something? You couldn't throw a few red splotches <laughs> on the kid just to make him look a little sick or whatever. He said that the treatment worked. I was with you. I was looking. I was there was shadows and I didn't, you know, I don't know but what it looks like underneath I'm the clothing. I'm just saying too. if if boy was True, getting radiation we'll... treatment, he'd be having some True. red splotches on his his hair would be patchy. I too, I'm channeling Bridget here. I too do not know how to f- at least I'm, I'm I'm willing to say I do not know how to feel about this therapy. This way to neutralize the bite site but here's what i'm afraid of grace has been bitten and she's irradiated so the radiation is going to save her from the bite and the bite is going to cure her of the radiation is that what we're going for here no i no i don't think so i think her and morgan are going to do it in the boat on the way to june and then she's going to get pregnant again Dude, that'll take Rachel. <laughs> Rachel, stop because I thought that. Oh I my thought, God. oh, she has another baby or at least an embryo, a fertilized embryo. Then all the. I gotta do what I gotta do. Grace gotta live. She'd be like Ellie. All the right, baby Morgan, be like Ellie. Flag that episode for sexual content, baby. <laughs> but we have until at least next Mother's Day to find out. <laughs> 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 right i reheard that i think that episode where you mentioned that yeah athena right because i remember you saying a, i don't i didn't appreciate it that this was on mother's day mm-hmm. so grace does mention that this is exactly what i was doing when you found me i was chasing after the dead mm-hmm. and he says you were just trying to <laughs> you're just trying to bury your co-workers dude one of, one of the co-workers is athena's biological father <laughs> Mm-hmm. You're, do- you're doing the exact did she not tell him no she did tell him i remember she told him she did yeah she yeah. told him he was just a co-worker matthew. wasn't it wasn't his Ma- name matthew yeah i think matthew. i think it was matthew yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so not just i mean yes yeah she was collecting the dosimeter rods yes yeah i'm like the deck deck the meter i had the letters right they were just in the wrong order 
<laughs> it is kind of interesting that they managed to weave a callback into this story to kind of give Morgan a good direct parallel to his girlfriend, we'll say, because they never officially got married like John and June did, which I do want to get to a good interesting point. His partner. Which is why it was interesting to kind of revisit this site and, and it did feel different. It did feel like vines of Fear the Walking Dead were, were growing through the, this episode. Even though you had that TWD vibe, Fear the Walking Dead was definitely present throughout this episode, which if they didn't do that, and yes, fan service is very important. It was very cool to get this moment, but what made it a little jarring a little bit was the Fear of the Walking Dead factor, but I'm glad it was there. You have to acknowledge that this series exists. You have to acknowledge that these stories exist. And the fact that we can tie this first real crossover, I mean, aside from the Fear of the Walking Dead, Walking Dead crossover from season eight to season four, Fear of the Walking Dead, season eight of the Walking Dead. This was the marriage of the two shows right here. We've got the Walking Dead history and we've got the Fear of the Walking Dead's history and these stories marry perfectly. It's not just one character going off to another show. And now that I'm really thinking about it, they did a really good job with the writing. I'm not going to say perfect because it didn't get me at first. And maybe that's just me and it could be me. But I thought, I mean, the more I really think about this story, they did a really good job marrying these two worlds and creating a good Fear the Walking Dead story out of the bones of a Walking Dead story. Considering that it's like my least fucking favorite character on the show. <laughs> And my favorite isn't in it at all. I liked it a lot. I'm giving it props. I'm not bitching about it. I enjoyed it. You listen to Ian Goldberg, Andrew Chambliss. <laughs> you got me they on are. Morgan episode. Congratulations. That's a feat. There was a Virginia shout out. There was, there was a, carousel, a Dark Horses a, shout out. There was a carousel shout out. <laughs> yeah. There, it yeah. was funny. I love seeing your smile. There was a lot of humor. <laughs> yeah, there was. There definitely was. Uh, did you just pat, just do the thing with the doggy? With the smile and the carousel? You, did that get you in season uh, five, Rachel? Psh, no. Oh, I saw you. I saw you. And then the crying. <laughs> and then the driving away. That was sad. Remember? See? I got, see? <laughs> remember? You remember. When Sherry told Dwight that skunky Morgan was riding on his horse. <laughs> he was just like, okay, we'll, we'll talk about this later. <laughs> so when they were talking about Morgan's skunk smell. The first thing I thought of was, this is the death stench activate. This is what he smelled like on the submarine. When all this <laughs> well, I thought you were talking about the beginning of season six. No, the death oh, stench. The when he when he got piled on all the, when the, all when the walkers in the him? sub piled on him. Yeah. And then he just had not one single scratch on him. Like he should have been dead. He was like Popeye with dead. spinach. Da, 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 da. <laughs> He should have been dead like 10 times over, but somehow, and then we were like, oh, he activated a death stench and they all thought he was dead. It was the skunk smell. This is right. The <laughs> <laughs> he, just, he just went. <laughs> yeah. Just, he just oozed yeah. a little bit. Gross. Which actually, okay, that does kind of kosher that scene a little bit because even I was sus when Victor tossed him into the horde of walkers. And there was never any explanation. If you do call back, I guess, to the first episode and he fell pretty hard, let's say. And he got some death all around him. Maybe he was able to wriggle out. But he, but he was, was clean. That, that was the point. He was clean. As were he was, all he the was walkers on then. that. That was my big gripe. All the walkers on the sub were just too weird and alien faced and clean. They looked. They didn't look right. They were basically in a time capsule. There was no yeah. outside elements to do anything to them. Like so. dust and air. Right. They're preserved ish, but they looked like aliens <laughs> to me. On the note of the skunk smell, I did look up and yes, tomato soup does mask the smell of skunk. But it is not a treatment. I can tell you're not from the South because every fucking buddy in the South already knows that. 
I am not from the South. There you go. I thought it was tomato juice. It's tomato juice. Not tomato, it's tomato soup. juice. Tomato or juice. Soup. Right. Yeah. But he was using soup. Yeah. So it's basically yeah. the same thing. It's basically tomato sauce. <laughs> As someone who lived way out in the country and had dogs that regularly got skunked. Wow. My little girl got skunked once. No. Yeah, right Ooh. in the face. She got skunked oh, right in the face. No. That's yeah. terrible. I've it run was, over yeah. many a skunk, but mm, never. Yeah. Dennis and I used to have a big triangle of property, and we were on the wide end of it, and we had a security camera. And one night we could see out there and there was a skunk. I am not shitting you. That skunk had to be the size of a fucking pit bull. It was huge. It had a big, huge tail. I went out the door to look, but there was no fucking way I was getting any closer than that. We get them up here all the time. You can go out in the mornings and smell where they've sprayed something out here. They had Taco Bell at 4 a.m. They have Waffle (laughs) House. They got Waffle House at 4 (laughs) a.m. No, the Waffle House just helps things move. (laughs) The Taco Bell helps things air. It's like like when you walk, just little bits of fart come out. It's just, you can't help it. Jet propulsion. Sorry, everybody. It's like a fuel additive, right? (laughs) You're getting a little extra MPG there. (laughs) Though you're running, you're a little rich. But on the note of the tomato soup, one dumb fact that we have to kind of bring up is that tomatoes in the universe do represent an interesting part of the story. And that is specifically the tomato that Rick puts on Carl's grave, I think it was. But it's also Mm -hmm. in season nine, it represents the idea of change and how when the fight finally breaks out in Bridgetown, where they're building the bridge to the sanctuary and then trying to connect the communities after the bridges wash out and things finally collapse. The thing that signifies the collapse of that hope and change and transformation is when they start stepping on the tomatoes that, of course, what's his name? Mud. Jed is yeah. Jed. Of course, he takes the tomato out of the back of Maggie's car. That's who Carol sets on fire. Yes, exactly. <laughs> For this in the time after the time job, because if you fucked us, dude, yeah. <laughs> you fuck, you could have had well, it he all. He hurt Henry. That too. I'm sorry. Why are we against this dude? <laughs> I was just not okay well, after Henry that. Henry was Carol's child. So mm-hmm. right. Well, even I'm even sorry. If anybody's gonna hurt Henry, that kid, it's gonna be me. <sighs> so sad. <laughs> okay, but the idea is that you know they were stomped on when they had the riot and. Things couldn't recover after that point. The tomato, again, was stomped on. This is the idea of Carl's dream as well. And Negan picks the tomatoes. He's also tending the tomatoes in season nine. The idea of a change, a transformation. If you really want to get into it, spaghetti sauce is made from tomatoes. So we've got mm. the Negan and the spaghetti sauce, too. Yeah, maybe being with Rick's family started that change. So yeah, it does behoove us to mention that because, of course, the imagery is a little bit weird because... If you're trying to mask the stench, is the stench really gone of the skunk smell of what lies underneath? That I did not think about when I, I wasn't thinking about that when I wrote that down, but it's an interesting thing to have to note. I love it when you get amazed with yourself. <laughs> well, because, you know, it's it's like when you have a half a thought and then you kind of actually think things through out loud and you're like, um, I take it back. I don't like this. I don't like this at all. But what I do like is that Dwayne is the one who holds on to hope. He's the one that holds on to tomato sauce against all reason because Morgan mentions they were starving. So that is sweet when you really think about it. At least that part, not masking the stench. <laughs> Stupid Dave didn't think things through when he wrote his notes. <laughs> so anyway, I do hope that this represents some sort of radical change. Because as much as everybody sort of wanted something like this to happen for, let's say for Morgan, maybe people were sick of him. Maybe they wanted him to go back to clear mode. 
which many people did. People were begging him to go back to clear mode. People were begging him to come back to The Walking Dead. Well, this episode is kind of like a be careful what you wish for, kind of like what we were saying about Madison. Be careful what you wish for when it comes to Madison coming back, because you may not like her when she returns. She's a baby stealing, pretty horrible human being. Oxygen junkie. Yeah, exactly. So this is kind of what like one of those episodes. So I mentioned this earlier, but I loved Dwight calling Morgan out for turning them in and, yeah, and causing the problems. Me too. The end of season five, Morgan turned them in, and that is what started everything going fucking wrong when he turned them over to Jenny. That's when John got killed. Everybody got separated. It led to John being corrupted. Yeah, and well, killed. because he yeah, was separated yeah. from June and kept away from June and. All that shit happened to him, and that was because Morgan turned him over to fucking Ginny. So here he, he didn't learn a lesson from that, so he turned around and did the same fucking thing with everybody else. Well, let's be fair with that. That is a decision they all made together, though. That wasn't just a Morgan decision. I'm going to have to side with David on this one because in that episode, Morgan makes it a point to put it to the group. Kind of like a Rick thing. Yeah, he kind of makes the whole group decide is this the best option? And nobody liked Disagreed. it. Nobody was wanted to do it, but they all kind of agreed it was the only thing they could do. I will give you that, that everybody else agreed to do it too. <laughs> but he's the one that made the but call. It was and, the he, and he was the one who paid the, the price yeah. too for it's, that decision. It wasn't just well, him. Almost. Well, just well meaning it activated immediately. activated his death stink. <laughs> <laughs> It's like a Spider-Man origin story or something. Yeah. Well, he was left for dead, but all of a sudden he, he realized <laughs> and that he could evade walkers. Morgan knew Sorry. that Sherry was pregnant, right? Yeah. That's why I liked that Dwight brought that out. He said, well, pay, kind of like payback's a bitch. But yeah. then equally, I like the fact that he shouts back, shouts back. Well, maybe, because do you remember how we felt about Sherry at the beginning of season six? It's like, bitch, what do you, I get it. I get it. Your, your shit is born out of trauma, out of the sanctuary and Negan. God only knows because we don't. Not really. But girl, what? <laughs> then finally, Austin Emilio slash Dwight. Fi- wait, 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 wait. Girl, what? <laughs> Come on, get on board, girl. <laughs> You're being weird. But then Dwight finally going, bitch. <laughs> you, you t- <laughs> Sorry, let me say this right. Let me say this right. Bitch. You want to trade one son? You want one kid for another? You think Finch is going to respect us after that? And Sherry's like, no, I guess you're right. (laughs) Felt like that line alone made up for some of the sus but understandable Sherry stuff in the beginning of season six. Also, you don't have to tell Finch. Like, he's a kid. I like this hard ass Sherry. He's like, it's not like that. She's like, well, then what's it like? It's different. (laughs) But she's hard ass for a reason. She's not just crazy, wild hard ass. Like, I have a sanctuary. Totally different from season six Sherry. Totally different. different. So I dug her her attitude in this episode. Because it raised like this, what Dwight says is weird Sophie's choice. And should we have to boil it down to this choice? Why does it have to be this binary that we're forced to grapple with? But you needed that tension. You needed that both sides looking at the situation saying, are we going to fall into a situation where we have to do sanctuary shit all over again? Which is what I liked the most when Morgan has that moment, when he says, I waited too long. What I liked the most about that scene, any sound effects slash music drops and it's Lenny doing some good fucking acting. Now, wait, that's not really the part I want to talk about at all. It's good. It's really good. And he just shuts the fuck down. And he's like fucking putting the gun to his head. And then when Dwight and Sherry step in, that to me was them doing for Morgan 
what June and John did for them. That was them saying, dude, I've never seen you like this. You've never been this done. In their history, they've never seen Morgan like this. And you could see it on their faces as you look at that scene. I urge you to watch that scene again. It was hard for them to watch. Someone who was struggling to keep them together, someone who was struggling to shepherd them. I don't think he wanted this shit, but he took it on. And he even taught Dwight to redirect and look at things a different way, which Dwight, from that point on, had been trying to do. So when they see him in this low fucking point, what made me react was not Morgan himself, was looking at the looks in Dwight and Sherry's faces as they see this man being utterly done and pathetic. And that got me, not Morgan, them. And so watching them step in was like John and June. I remember that. And that got me so hardcore. They Mm -hmm. stepped in and they kind of, you know, in their own dark horse way, but they did it. (laughs) And that really, I don't know, getting tinglies, warm tinglies, not like the cold (laughs) ones that make you feel shivery. This, like the warm hearted tinglies. Mm -hmm. Hey dude, we're going to help you do what you need to do. Let's do it. Let's get you to Sherry, John says to Dwight. Let's get you. Let's get you. You got to get to your girl. You got to get to your woman. Sorry, that's another yarn, but fuck. (laughs) Fuck. That whole scene for a variety of reasons was super fucking good. I mean, it was annoying. Shrike in the pot. Like, can't you see? Are you guys not human anymore? Oh, right. They're brainwashed. Okay, fine. But okay, you're in character. Okay, that makes sense. But it was fucking annoying to be that far removed from humanity to not see a man who's done. They didn't know who he was. They have no problem killing Morgan. They don't know his history. Oh, man. Sherry and Dwight muzzle. do. I mean, especially Dwight. Dwight knows Morgan probably better than anybody on the show or has oh, known him the longest. That, that makes me especially more heartbroken than anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And poor Grace. It makes me look at Grace this whole time because she's right. What have we been doing all these years? How much time have we lost? You've had you spent more time with Dwight than you did with me, you know, in an aggregate. <laughs> it's like a little bit more time with Dwight than me in our history. Ah, oh, man. Oh, I mean, here's the thing, though. If you were unsatisfied in what you were doing, you could have fucking left or done something at any time. Grace is waiting around for Morgan. Is that what she's waiting for? Or is it because of, of Mo? Both. I feel the same way about Maybe. June. June could have fucking, you know what? I'm done with these experiments. I'm going to get the fuck out of here. Why did she stay? Why did she hang around to take fingers? Which I'm totally thrilled about, but why did you stay here? <laughs> when you could have fucking left at any time, they didn't even know where you were. You, you know, that's what gone. I wanted to know. I, I did write that in my notes, and I felt like I was trying to hit on that when Adrian says, what are you living for? But I want to bring it back to Dwight and Sherry slash Grace and Morgan, because I don't know what's worse. Being right there, being able to touch your kid and not be able to tell them And for the same reasons, Grace and Morgan stay apart. One is a collector, one is the radio tower repeater or wherever she needs to be to repair radios. And they're apart, but they know in the back of their mind, A, they can't show that they've ever been together and B, not show that that Mo is their kid, both of them together and be apart. I don't know what's worse. And I like that we have this parallel of, of these similar circumstances, but different situations and you don't know what's worse that's that's got to be a special place in hell and you see it in their in grace and morgan's faces mo says it accurately they would have used it against you you made the right decision then and lord knows that's fucking hard i mean i asked the question too what why why was morgan even kept alive to be honest well it's that thing again where they say that they only they never bring in parents because the parents don't want to do things the way they want to do it they want to do it the old way but yet they're bringing in all these grown-ups anyway who are doing what they want so you tell morgan you're sure this can be your kid you know this is your kid you guys 
can stay with her, but you have to do what we want because you're still doing what they want and you're not getting to spend time with your kid. Well, he's not even there. That's the thing. And he's never seen the island, it seems, because they, they probably picked the kids up from the port like when Madison did, the eggs. So he's apart. He's off the island. He's That's where he lives and that's his life. Same with Grace. She's somewhere else, too. I don't think they're both on the island. They're just apart somewhere else. But Dwight and Sherry apparently were. That's a different story. Right. Dwight yeah. and Sherry apparently were. And what's again, what's the difference? Grab your fucking kid and leave if you don't like the way it's going. They just wasted seven years apart, too. Apart, but almost touching distance. That, again, like, what is worse? What is worse? Being able to see them across a room or across the yard or to not see them and know that, okay, maybe they're okay. It's it's rough. It's rough to think about when you really stop to think about it. I, I just wish the show would <laughs> would make us feel that way. Anyway. Oh, there's another callback that you may or may not have picked up on. And that's when Dwight and Sherry use the vulture strategy. They don't go in to get Morgan and Grace but they wait them out. You know, we'll just throw walkers in your direction. You know, see how well you do. Oh, maybe we'll light oh, one on let's fire. let's set some on fire Stadium. and send them at you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting, Damn. right? Too bad Madison wasn't there. Everybody could have gotten away. <laughs> <sighs> okay. I even thought, by the way, that maybe Dwayne killed Jenny instead of Morgan, but whatever. That was not, who cares? No, I think Morgan would have had to. Maybe we'll touch on this one thing. As Morgan is approaching the house that he and Dwayne stayed in, not the yellow house, which is their house, as he walks up the steps, he makes a pointed effort of switching the stick from the pointy end, which reminded me of Jesus, to the blunt end, which was very telling. He knew he couldn't do it right from the jump. He couldn't do it. He knew he was going to use the blunt end of the stick rather than the pointy end, which he should be using. I thought that was a very interesting telling note going into this episode and the frustration afterwards. I don't think it's worth talking about. It's worth mentioning. And you just did. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) I didn't even notice. If you rewatch again, you'll see it. You'll be like, oh, fuck, this guy is not ready. I will eventually. There's so much weight that I couldn't absorb on first watch, but on second watch, I felt it a lot more. Here, you're probably thinking to yourselves, oh, Dave must be jizzing over this episode. (laughs) Oddly enough, I wasn't. And it's not because it was bad or sucked or there was lackluster. I wasn't because it made sense for fear. It wasn't like I was getting something that I wasn't getting before. I was getting the show and maybe even the show I was meant to get with Morgan in it. And that was satisfying. It wasn't like, no, it wasn't like a, maybe like a June episode for, for Sharon D. It wasn't like that for me. It was more like story. I got a good story. I didn't get the fan service that people think I might've gotten from the show. I got a good story. The story I should have gotten from this show. I felt that way about Blue Jay. We finally got a good story. It was good, regardless if it was good or not. It was a good story. I liked this episode a lot. I was surprised that I liked it because I was- It gets better. She says a lot now. Like, God damn, I got to watch this fucking Morgan episode. (laughs) Like, fuck. (laughs) Can I just skip it? I mean, God. But once but, I watched it, I mean, I was like, yeah, it was really good because of the fan service. I loved Morgan in seasons four and five and even most of that's six. That's when things started to change. Yeah. Like I said, now he wants June's help. Now he wants June to help Grace. June, <laughs> why don't you tell go. him no? <laughs> well, let's, we're, let's actually wander in that territory because at the end, obviously, there's the aftermath. He's burying Jenny and Dwayne properly. He says something to the effect of, I'll be back after I take care of a couple of things, meaning come back to their graves to see them again. Thought that was in, an interesting thing to say. Maybe after all this, there's time to actually do the things people do. I want to talk about the jump scare at the end with Baby Mo and the Grace Bite twist. That to me sucked, first of all, obviously. I like Grace. I don't know about you guys. I like Grace. I like mm-hmm. the idea that 
they have symmetry in their stories. I don't like the idea that on top of having this radiation sickness that's slowly eating her away, that now that's accelerated. But I don't like the mechanic that was used to instigate that. Something about it rubbed me a little bit wrong, the wrong way. It does make sense from a horror standpoint. It did kind of get me, even though we sort of saw that in the trailer. Did you feel like it was thrown in I really, like after we got I this great episode? I really saw that coming. The preview didn't help. I felt it coming a mile away. And then after the walker came out and, and attacked Mo. You can see Grace standing behind the ball. Mo, well, Morgan's like, are you bit, Mo? Are you bit? You can see Grace standing in the back looking at her side. I was like, oh, shit. She got bit. Go back and watch it. It's really hard to you see. Really you see really it can't see moment. it. No. It's like when Carl was bit. You yeah. Really, but, you don't but see like, it. Even, even like this is like, it's like his teeth like brushed past her. I don't know how he bit her unless it was like, ah, ah as he went by because right. it's really fast. At least with Carl, there was a moment where the walker was kind of under him, you know, so you can see how it could have happened. But he just went by her and he must just taken a chomp as he went like a lucky bite because it right, was fast. Right. Yeah. On, on the one hand, the one thing I do like is something that Bridget said in the last episode, which was make walkers frightening again. Muffa. <laughs> I want to know how they put the fire out. I think it just burned itself the out. The house probably. was still standing. Humidity, wet Georgia too. Dude, so maybe. I, I've lived in Florida where it's humid. That does not stop fucking house fires. <laughs> Well, you don't like want the, house fires just live in florida it's humid you'll never have your house will never burn it doesn't work that way they burn fast <laughs> but that's just their building quality yeah, are walkers teeth razor blades because he like chomps through her shirt in a perfect circle right like why wasn't the whole bottom half of her shirt ripped off i told you he just went ah, ah, as he the went same by. Thing with Carlo. Like, yeah. yeah we didn't see the shirt that he got bit in we saw the aftermath of the bite after he had a different shirt on i think all of us sort of yeah, went we back did, to see it yeah like i mean we of course yeah. we watched the episode to see where it happened yeah and also in the you just, never do get just, to see it i'm just saying it's possible he was laying on the ground with walkers on top of him his shirt could have slid up. right right the walker might not have even bit him through the shirt this was just so it was like it, it was like it was it was like in slow this motion. was clearly there yeah. was a bite taken out of her shirt. There was a hole in her shirt. <laughs> also, it does make me think of like how ratty their clothes are already. So who knows, right? He's, yeah, one um, little piercing and like it's we're it like would, a few it, seconds away I, from a porno. I agree. No, I agree. I don't know what I'm saying. The fabric, the fabric would be thinner. It would be right. easier to tear through. But that doesn't mean a perfect circle is coming out. They grab it and then tear it. <laughs> uh, this show has a certain rating, so. <laughs> It's not MA-17, excuse me. So, you can, like, rip the bottom half of it, the shirt off, though. No, you... That's... I don't like it. <laughs> okay. Okay. But can we get another sex scene with Michonne and Rick? Right. Right. Boy, oh boy, did those get Dude, pretty close. for a minute, I thought you were going to say, can we get a sex scene with some walkers? And I was going to be like, where is this going? We've done that, and it's not pretty... Oh, actually, it was more of a walker and a human, and it. Mm -mm. Nope, we won't go there again. Beyond that particular scene, which I didn't like the jump scare, but I see Bridget's point in that. Okay, it highlights the danger of walkers. I liked the beginning scene where Morgan's like, "I can kill all of you, but I can't kill Dwayne." Essentially, I can't do it. It's what I came here for, but I can't do it. What I liked about that scene, though, is that even in the midst of him dominating, some of them almost kind of get to him. I liked how that was, it was well choreographed, where they seem dangerous. So I'm channeling Bridget here. Channeling Bridget. 
I think we all liked that The Walking Dead touched on that, not just in the form of variants by the end, but let's run away. They are fucking menacing and they're doing that here too. And I like it on top of the good cinematography, on top of the good color grading. It's just good. It's a good aspect that we should bring up again and again about this, the positives about this show. Moving on from that, though, do you think Grace is going to make it? Yes. Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not, not so sure at all. I'm basing this on the fact that she was still there at filming at the end. And by that, I know that because she was posting pictures and shit when they wrapped. Radiation cures, bite, bite cures, radiation. Maybe when the walker bit her, it like <laughs> sucked out the radiation that's, like poison. That's why it's a perfect <laughs> hole, because they had a straw to go in there. <laughs> yeah. Goes back to the slurping we did pre. Yeah. yeah. Like soup. Or is it like tea? <laughs> okay. Sorry. I was doing... Okay, here. Fine. Okay, I got it. I got it. You know what else I didn't like about that jump scare? Is the part you miss if you're not paying attention. Right before that, where she finds the fucking photo album. And she goes, this is so you can remember them how they once were. Mm -hmm. This fucking kid. And she's pleased with herself. (laughs) And then she gets fucking ashed. Am I the only one that got major Megan vibes? Oh, season four. When the governor... Is with oh the little Lily. kid? Yeah. Oh, his daughter. And she yeah. Was, oh, she was digging well, in the it dirt. It was Lily's. It was Lily's. She daughter. was digging in the dirt, and she pulled up the sign, and the walker was under the yeah. sign. It was in that yeah. dirt mound. Yeah. 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 Right by the river. Like the oh, flash flood yeah, zone. Yeah, I did. Flash okay. flood zone. It didn't occur to me at the sign at the time, but I remember recalling that during the preview in the trailer when we saw mm. that. What? No, those. That was yeah. a good scene. Let's I'm bring it back. To, I'm trying to do the acronym. Team. <laughs> W-D-G-A. <laughs> It'll fit on a cap. <laughs> anyway. Mm. M-T-W-D-U-G-A. Make America Glenn Before- again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at Rachel like, where are you? How does she feel? <laughs> She's like, shut the fuck up, Sharon. <laughs> that's, I'm saying that's nice. Make America Glenn again. Make America like Glenn. Glenn was awesome. Oh, yeah, okay, that's, that's okay. Passable. That's right. Yeah. Agreed. We can be Agreed. heroes just for one day. Before we go to the Oriole, which we have to talk about and then finally say goodnight. Oriole. <laughs> I know we're here. <laughs> this is a TV, PG TV. Anyway, whatever. Please, we talk about prickly tits in the last episode. Give me a break. <laughs> and ripping shirts <laughs> and exposing skin. The double stuffed Oriole. <laughs> With tomato soup. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Dwight, Sherry, and Fincher reunited. Super cool. But also that's something that's kind of super cool is Morgan fucking not hesitating shooting those Padre goons. Gives me a little bit of hope that we're going to see a just unclouded, maybe even. As much as I like Morgan, I don't really regard him as a badass. That's not why I love him. But maybe a badass Morgan. Like a June, full guns blazing, no hesitation, aim for the head. I don't know if I'm ready to like be all gung-ho like that. I did see a shift in character. It was kind of like, oh, okay, to see him just yeah, raise the gun I mean. and take that's those guys I mean. out. I know, exaggerated. It's yeah. just like Mo yeah. breaking that barrier and being able to kill walkers. Morgan was finally able to break that barrier and now he can move on. Thank God. Man, you just gotta milk it. You gotta milk it, Charity. That's a good, <laughs> such a good observation. Let's be honest. For now, anyway. Sure. Fine. <laughs> It can go either way. Next thing you're going to see a goat. I can't do it. Tabitha. Tabitha. I don't die. (laughs) 
<laughs> and then break out the one word it's song clear. Tabitha. It's you not were supposed Tabitha. to. But I did. I did. You were supposed to. Clear. Oh, no. <laughs> daddy, da- daddy, daddy. Now we have that in the mix. Daddy, daddy. Maddie. Maddie. Madison. Anyway. You like E W E get it? You oh menu. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I could get away with one episode with not talking about the fucking birds, but apparently Jesse from Headliner really, really likes when we go into mythology and birds and symbolism and meaning. So we're just That's we're gonna do it. Ornithology, sir. <laughs> well, it's just <laughs> well, it's a little bit beyond ornithology. If you catch them Orn mythology. What'd you call me? <laughs> <laughs> Double stuffed Oriole. <laughs> and that's kind of a compliment, actually. I picked out the best parts, but there was mostly best parts. Their song conquers sadness and restores hope, supports joy, even if it means taking small steps in a more positive direction, a persistent guide, and will not let you give up on your dreams. Wait a minute. This dude was none of those. He was a Padre no, no, no. He was none of those things. Yes, he was definitely none of those. But as it pertains to what this episode kind of means. Hearing the bird and how we can associate that bird with the episode, not necessarily who with it's that assigned character. to. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it just fit. It just fits magically. Helps you connect with the realm of the spirit and the universe from which all knowledge originates. Mm. Whoa. Rare in Native American folklore, but represent industrious people with humble spirits. Morgan was a mechanic, and he is he's in his own way humble, doesn't brag, doesn't boast. Interesting. Cool. I'll give him that. You can take away a lot, but you can give him mm-hmm. that. Gain and recognition are coming your way in your waking life when the bird appears in your nighttime vision. Seeing a singing Oriole in a tree means you'll experience more confidence soon. Oh, come on, Oriole. <laughs> Come on, Oriole. <laughs> Double stuff that shit. <laughs> Knowing your skills. <laughs> Knowing your skills to handle a situation are sure. Wait, this gets better. In the Zhu Dynasty in China, we're talking about 1046 to 256 BCE. Their beautiful song represents happiness, which might be a kind of cool thing for this fucking guy already. Maybe. Get Grace That Cure. Out of all the bird references, this one fits the fucking most perfect for this episode. Come on, Oriole. That's the title of this episode. Come on, double stuff Oriole. <laughs> one can only hope. They're also the Baltimore mascot. For their baseball team? Baltimore Orioles. I like the mascot. It looks it's like, oh, it's, he looks pretty nice. He's a nice guy. The Oriole. Even though they're other shit bags. Aren't they like the black and orange, right? They're like Halloween birds. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Spooky. Black with orange on their orange and white on their wings, I think. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, they're black cowl-ish thing. And then yeah, the orange belly with some black on the feather. Yeah, they are pretty Mm. good looking. And that's actually their colors. The Orioles colors are orange background with black black. foreground accent. There they are beautiful birds. So he's not a nightingale. He's an Oriole. Well, maybe he was a nightingale and now he's an Oriole. Maybe. Hopefully. Fuck. (laughs) Sorry, this is a PG. 13 show is it though not a, not a tvma well thank you so much everybody for listening to this episode and if you like what you heard head over to rate this podcast.com slash squawking dead five stars and an eggplant and oriole is all we need to know that you love us tell us what you liked tell us what you didn't like tell us what we missed bridget but remember to tell us after every episode and if you like what we're doing you want to attend these recording sessions and add your thoughts while we're recording there's no other way to do that than by either following us for free 
on ko-fi.com slash squawking dead or patreon.com slash squawking dead we don't post our recording schedules on social media so you'll have to follow us there to get the goods on when we record should you decide to tip us on ko-fi for 30 days of supported back content you'll have access to the unedited episode recordings as well as a whole bunch of other cool archives and if you decide to join a membership tier for as little as a dollar a month you'll have discord access where we can talk about some of these things that we don't normally talk about behind the scenes thoughts that you may have adding your thoughts to thoughts that we have behind the scenes developments that we may or may not have that we can use your input on and along with that the whispers and survivors here members get credits at the end of every episode which you should be seeing on the screen right now and i will be saying at the end of the podcast episode i've been your host david cameo and i was joined by cosmom zero and i rachel burt and sharon d aka blazy gardner thank you for joining us have a great night i hope we did you right by breaking down this episode correctly and if we missed anything let us know in your rating or in the comments in this video that's very helpful too or maybe you could say it in the discord or maybe you can just send us a letter to my address or an email info at squawkingdead.com we're just going to keep going type 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 you're going to type okay. have a good night everybody <laughs> see you later typing. see you next week <laughs> i smell like a skunk put tomato juice on me death stench activate <laughs> <laughs> I could walk undetected. <laughs> I'm right here. <laughs> you ruined it, Morgan. Stop talking. All right, bye, guys. Thank you again for listening to this episode, the fourth episode in Fear of the Walking Dead's eighth and final season titled King County. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we loved recording it. And as I mentioned at the end of the episode, we like to thank our Whispers and Survivors tier members. It's a perk that they receive as part of their membership and support and love and participation. Starting with the Survivors tier members, we've got at RealRyanGM on Twitter, at ElisaJones71 on Instagram, or at JonesAJ6 on Twitter, and Linda Peg Athens, aka FanArtLindy you can reach at ko-fi.com slash fanartlindy and on to our whispers here members at judith.morton on instagram aiden atkin who you can reach at ko-fi.com slash aiden atkin at tyler philip cox and at j13 Voorhees on both instagram and twitter at sandy.d.morrison on facebook and takira who you can reach at ko-fi.com slash connie dixon for life that's connie dixon the number four l-y-f-e we can't wait to break down the very next episode and hopefully if you're following us on either Kofi or patreon you can join us in our next recording it doesn't cost anything to follow us and it doesn't cost anything to join us in our recording sessions but we don't post our schedule on social media so you're gonna have to follow us on our Kofi or patreon pages to get our recording schedule but remember in the meantime we are squawking dead we are squawking dead